1: to be back with you folks what an honor it is that you would tune us in on your broadcast here and let us be part of your day and and uh, thank god for you and kevin i was just thinking about these folks and we were just praying for them, as a matter of fact and just the the you know i mean it's a big deal when somebody gets up and they make this part of their day and make this part of their devotion. And I'm so thankful for that. And I know there's, yeah. there's people out there, Kevin, I mean, they're driving to work, they're in between appointments and it's freakishly weird, just the number of healthcare workers and missionaries and first responders and veterans and, uh, you know, homemakers and, and uh, all of them working so, so hard. And, and we're just, we're just honored to be with you and uh, we thank you for that it's a big deal so how are you kevin i'm
2: doing well especially after what you just said i'm i'm feeling real humbled by the fact that yeah not o- not only am i honored to have you invite me but it's honor that these people are, are tuning into your broadcast
1: I'm uh, are thrilled to have you, brother. And, and we've come across, uh, well, let me say this first. I heard a, a little boy told me this the other day, so i got to share it with everybody. So this little voice said to me, and, and you know, when you're in the Carolinas, they call you Preacher Carragher. And he said, Preacher Carragher, you know, and I think this kid's about eight, eight maybe nine years old. He says, Preacher Carriger. he said, what did Jonah's family say to him when he left Nineveh and finally got home? And I, I said, I don't know. What did he say? What'd they say? And he said, that sounds pretty fishy to me. So Anyway, I thought I'd check. <laughs> Little boy told me that. Yeah.
0: And that is a true story.
1: Well, that's a true story. He told it to me. Obviously, we don't know what happened with Jonah and his family. You know, there was no text messaging going on back there. Man, I don't want to go into Nineveh. These people drive me crazy. They're no good. I don't want to go. You know, the best prayer letter in the history of prayer letters. And uh, old Jonah, man, he he mm. just, uh, his heart wasn't right. So here we are. We find ourselves, she, you know, th- there's a label that I looked up, and we're talking about stiff-necked, and we're actually using it from this expression, hardeneth his neck. And so the same ideas being stiff-necked. And, and I wrote down words years ago in my computer from a seminary class that what does it mean when we harden our neck or stiff neck people? And it's all over the place in the Bible, but it's this idea of, you know, being an antagonist, being stubborn, being argumentative, uh, going into detail to distinguish our points, being prideful. You know, this continues on from where we were going to, but over and over again, uh, this continues on, and I, I looked up, the, there's a lot of verses I got to choose from, and I, I chose Second Chronicles over here, thirty six thirteen, and he also rebelled against King Nebuchadnezzar, who made him swear by God, but stiffened his neck and hardened his heart from turning unto the Lord God of Israel, and, and you know, so it's a bad thing uh, in these many cases to stiffen your neck, to harden your neck, to, you know, be antagonistic, to know what's better, to know, you know, one of the things that's really broke my heart lately is one of the things I did is I've been reading a lot lately. You know, I'm getting ready to finish up a book and and just before I get ready to finish up a book, I read everything. I start reading everything and I I read a billion years. So I read this book, uh, Kevin, about uh, Scientology and this guy wrote it, Mike Rinder, who had, you know, climbed to the top of leadership in Scientology. He wasn't number one in charge, but he was always in that top few people Constantly. And and he talks about how a cult had captured him and things of that nature. And boy, it really caught my attention over and over again how they would, uh, you know, they would actually hire private investigators to park out in front of people's houses who left Scientology. And and try to get garbage on them, literally grab their garbage, literally try to see, you know, if there's any bad things they're doing so they can tell, well, they left, but they were no good. You know, they were involved in this, this, and this. We, we have proof mm. from their garbage can and all those terrible things. And uh, then I read a book, Shelley Hamilton's book, uh, God is always good. And, uh, and, and talking about her, her dear son, Jonathan uh, Hamilton, who was part of the, who wrote that song of the same name. He wrote the music for the song. God is always good. He's only good, uh, to me and, and just a wonderful song. And she was talking about mental illness and how people, you know, blow people off with mental illness to and And I'm adding to that to include PTSD. And I, I remember it was, uh, uh, 2013. I, I was mother's day. I remember I turned on the news and, and and saw the news of Jonathan jumping off the tallest parking garage in Greenville, South Carolina, about nine miles, uh, eight miles from our home. And, uh, I remember thinking how sad that was. And that day I actually began writing my book, not knowing it. I wrote, a, uh, I wrote about suicide. And uh, because, you know, here's a guy who committed suicide. But in that book, again, you know, there was traumas going on all over the place. And people were doing this family wrong as they sought out help. And we never want to be there. And then I wrote a book. uh, I grabbed a book. uh, uh, This guy was a movie television star, one of the biggest in the country. And he wrote a book. And he was talking about how five years old his mom threw him on a plane by himself Uh, with only the flight attendants to watch him to go live with his dad to stay with his dad for a summer and and how that trauma changed his entire life and because of the alcohol drugs and all that and it it made me think about what we do brother and what we do is we help people find those traumas so we can find the triggers and find God's answers from the Bible to help people and and all three people I mentioned had been through the fire all three of these books and there's just a world filled with people hurting today brother Kevin and and, and, and then there's, you got all these people, these hard neck, these stiff necks, you know, Shelly trying to, you know, these Christian counselors, well, if your son would just pray and get his heart right and really get saved, he wouldn't, he wouldn't have schizophrenia. You know, he, he, he wouldn't be dealing with this bipolar thing and he wouldn't need medicine. He shouldn't take medicine and, and all these overnight doctors, you know, I preach from the pulpit and then this kid got on a plane at five years old telling people, they threw me on a plane. I was afraid for my life. I never slept another night through that. And I, and, and, you know, this billion year guy saying nobody ever told us the truth. And, and then I was, you know, eight, nine years old. And and I was told this is the truth that we're helping the world and, and the story is so bizarre. And you say, brother Doug, you're you're hopping on this soapbox. What are you trying to tell us? I'm trying to tell you that. Thank God. God that today on this podcast and our broadcast, wherever you are, we're opening up the true and living word of God. And we're looking at yeah. the truth. We're not looking at what man says. We're not looking at what mm-hmm. women say. We're not, we're, we are not we we do not want our opinions. We want God, Kevin. And, and, and there's so many hardneck people out there. And and mm-hmm. what do you think is the answer to these hardneck people, Kevin?
2: Yeah. Well, just, just what the scripture here says, um, you know, the the first verse is is certainly a negative uh, about it. It says, he that being often reproved hardeneth his neck shall suddenly be destroyed, and that without remedy. So, we're offering a remedy today. So, um, the best case scenario in any tragedy that you have been through the best case scenario is to not harden your neck in other words that that's the the, the I should say that's the first line of of thought that I get from this verse though let me put it conversely the uh, the the worst line of defense or the worst way to handle something is to harden your neck you know i'm thinking of hardening the neck i've met there was one guy i met I can't remember what he had gone through. He might've been a combat veteran or anyway, he was just through some kind of junk and he was a poster child for the hardening neck society because, or the hardened neck society, because (laughs) he wouldn't, he wouldn't, um, he wouldn't look at you if, if, unless he wanted to, in other words, it would, he felt he was stooping himself to turn his head, to look your direction even though you're talking to him about true things and good things and like you're engaging him in a, in a real affable way. In other words, I'm just going to make something up. So if this guy here was a combat veteran suffering horribly inside, you know, and, and so I say, Hey, can I invite you to church? We have a great thing going and we just, we love you veterans. Thank you so much. And, they just, you know, just in other words, I'm going to ignore you. So that that you know, that's a hard one. Fashion of hardening of the neck, and then when they, this is the the textbook case when they finally do engage you because you you continue to show the love of Christ. They turn and they're staring at you. They're in your face with a wide eyed look of okay. You got my attention. Now listen to me and listen good. I don't have time for your for your church. I don't have time for your uh, God, and I don't have time for you. And they they turn and walk away. So in other words, their 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 body turns towards you, and they're going to look at you as long as they want to look at you. And when they're done, they're going to turn and walk away in one fell swoop. And to me, that's the kind of hardening of the neck. In other words, I'm. I'm not pliable. I'm not open to any idea because I got my own thoughts. I'm resentful about what God did to me. It's that's, that's the case that I've seen. Sometimes I had one woman that's when I said, well, you know, God, God's got reasons for some things. And she was already kind of going off. And she said, well, when I see God, I've got a few things to say to him. And how how can you help a person like that they just the answer that they gave was a stiffening of the neck in other words i am not going to look into what you're saying i'm going to look at it my way and i'm not going to look at at you in the standpoint of anyone other than get you know get away from me i don't i don't deserve uh, the way I was treated, and no one's going to convince me otherwise, and that is not helpful. That's the worst line of response to uh, a, a trauma. Unfortunately, we do it sometimes, yeah, but I, yeah. I, I've seen, you know, the 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 good, the positive response would be to say, you know what, give me, what do you got to say? In other words, if yeah, someone's trying yeah. to help me. What, uh, t- tell me what you got to say and boy you could when someone that's hardened because of trauma sees the love of God in you sometimes you can see that stiff, milk, stiff neck melt can't yeah, you Doug? You yeah you sure see them- can and hey
1: folks we'll be right back we gotta run over and let those stations do what they gotta do but we'll be right back with you hang with us we thank you so much for hanging with us and exactly what you just said Kevin you know just loving on people and you know it, it, this verse starts with being often reproved here's somebody who's just going down that wrong road and what an example you gave you know you can they look at you man they just get angry they get caught up in themselves and and again it goes back to you know these previous chapter coming out of 28 dealing with rebuking dealing with uh you know people God is not a respecter of persons he doesn't care if we're mad he doesn't care if we're angry he wants us to worship him and serve him and and uh sometimes exactly what kevin says you just got to love on people and care for them and come up alongside of them and, and look what it says in the second verse kevin added to that it says when the righteous are in authority the people rejoice but when the wicked beareth rule the people mourn boy is that a picture of society today or what and uh and, and, you know, again, I mean, this is, you know, it's real, uh, it's real simple to get this sometimes, you know, God decides who our leaders are. And I got to tell you, if if you're fret not dear brethren, uh, you know, let me tell you something. Uh, you know, God chooses our leaders and sometimes he chooses them because that's what we need. We need to regroup. We need to get right. But we know we're coming to the end, Kevin. I mean, there's there's going to be a time when we're eschatology-wise or eschatological speaking, or speaking of end times and looking at things. You know, things aren't going to get better. Uh, but... You know, sometimes God gives us little reprieves along the way, but we know we're in end times. But, but boy, when the, when the good people are there, you know, the people rejoice when the when the righteous are there, people are rejoicing. And, uh, and when you got the wicked, we groan. we have a hard time, but you know, sometimes when that's there, I think Kevin, that's when we look up, we don't get stiff necked yeah. We don't get arrogant. We don't get all weird. We go, God, we need you. Right.
2: Yeah. 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 Sometimes God lets someone get an authority over us that at first we feel like we don't deserve it. And if we're not careful, we can get stiff necked and and get too much, you know, too into the nationalism of, yeah. you know, if they're if we get a bad president. Well, I don't deserve it. And we can really shoot ourselves in the foot spiritually because we need to, you know, for the first line ought to be, OK, God um, you got my attention. (laughs) He's there. She's in, she's in charge and it's going to get real bad. So what, what are you trying to teach me? And then uh, to proceed accordingly.
1: Yeah. And there's so much that we can learn from God. If we'll just take a breath and we don't get stiff neck going back to that first verse. And we, we, we don't, you know, sometimes God rebukes us and he reproves us and, and, and we need it. Uh, I had a friend of mine tell me one time, you know, I years ago, believe it, my terrible voice, the way it is, is I can write songs, but I can't sing one. And I remember I used to sing in the choir. It was way in the back, and they kept me about 10 foot from the microphone. And I remember a guy came in, and he was preaching to the choir on a Thursday night. You know, he was traveling through. It was Byron Fox before Byron Fox. You know, it was a guy who traveled around to help choirs. And this is about 25, 30 years ago, and, and he's in heaven now. But I remember he said, I know I'm preaching to the choir. But he says, boy, sometimes the, the choir needs preaching too. And he was right about that. He said, the choir needs preaching too. And I remember that. And whosoever, there in verse number 3 we'll wrap with this one. Whosoever loveth with wisdom, rejoice with his father. But he that keepeth company with harlots spendeth his substance. And uh Boy, if you love wisdom, you're rejoicing with your father and your father's glad about you. You know, when our kids are doing the right thing, man, I'm telling you, there's rejoicing going on, brother. You know that. We're we're so happy. And it's hard sometimes to be a parent. You know when Our kids mess up. that human. We messed up. They're going to mess up. And I, I often tell the story, the, the old Ronald Reagan story, which is, uh, I remember Maureen Reagan was, you know, giving him the dickens. I mean, she was just going through everything when he first became president and they were all over him in press conferences and stuff. And he wouldn't say anything. Then finally one day out at camp, David, he said, listen, if you don't have uh, at least one kid that's messed up, you didn't have enough kids. So I mean, we just <laughs> pray for them and love them and make sure they bring back, but we rejoice. We rejoice when our kids are heading down that right road. We rejoice when our kids are living the way we raised them to be. We rejoice when our family's living in harmony. And I remember yesterday we were praying before the meal yesterday and seeing, uh, you know, just all of us there in the kitchen and, and uh, you know, loving on one another and praying Psalm 100 together. And we rejoice in those times. But, but then it takes this real bad turn here. And it talks about people hanging out with harlots. And, uh, and it goes on, but he that keepeth company with harlots spendeth their substance. And, and so God's reminding us, uh, you know, the cost of being wicked, the cost of hanging out with wicked people, and uh, you waste your wealth when you do that. You're in the bars, you know. Uh, it's the complete opposite of love and wisdom you're just chasing after these ungodly things that God doesn't want to be part of, whether it be sexual, financial, alcohol, whatever that harlot can be in your life. And it can be many things and we're staying away from those things. And and, uh, so we're being reminded here that, you know, we've got a different call on our lives. Our call is a call of holiness. Our call is a call that serves a God that's all holy. Our call is a, a, a call that serves a God that's a jealous God. Our God is a loving God and he's a just God and he forgives. Our sin, and we got to live that way. We got to live like, hey, we got it. We're going to live right, God. I mean, what are you thinking, Kevin?
2: Yeah, yeah. You're talking about you're talking about repentance and getting things back in line with with God. And and I think the first thing to do is to admit that, yeah, we've cheapened ourselves. We've gone after harlots, or if 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 you did. If you're the if you're the woman and you were a harlot, you know, you sold yourself or just cheaping yourself with some guy. Yeah. Then, um, you know, the the first thing to do is to say, wow, you know, I did this. I I've I've cheap. I've lived cheaply. I've cheapened myself. And then to um, and to go forward from it. I know you've uh, had some some real success reaching some some, uh, you know, some big time harlots, right? Some people that, yeah. uh, it, you know, what, Vegas male and female like prostitutes.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And I rejoice in those stories and, and, uh, you know, it rejoices the heart of the heavenly father. They're kind of going back to the beginning of the, of the scripture, but you know, people that love wisdom and make those decisions. Yeah. They've got junk. They've got a pass. They've done some stuff but they wised up and they said, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm done with this. And boy, there's a savior that that invites that kind of turn. There's a savior who's like the prodigal son's father looking down the road, waiting for us to come to ourselves and say, how have I hated wisdom? How have I done stupidly with my body. And I want to just get this thing. I want to get it behind me. And right. thank God he heals up the, the, the mind and the heart and the emotions and takes time, but it, it is, it's, uh, what he delights to do.
1: And God loves to take those of us, the broken ones, the messed up ones. And, uh, you don't know, that all that long ago. I was sitting across from a lady And I mean, she was in the fire for four or five years of her life, an abusive husband. He beat her, hurt her, uh, stole from her, cheated her wrong, did things. And uh, I was sitting across from her, Debbie and I were, I, I don't remember, maybe a few months back at church. And we were in a meeting and she was talking about the last 10 years of her life and how she just had to give God things you know, and, uh, and boy, you know, and, and she had found herself on the wrong side of sin a few times as she went through that as we all can. And it's great to know that we can go to a loving God and say, God, yeah. and, and you know what he says, he says, just, you know, all right, you know, move out and sin no more. You know, I'll put a half army, half Bible there. Move out, you know, do what you got to do and stop sinning. Don't do it anymore. Go and sin no more. Boy, don't we, don't we, you know, sometimes we, we just get so hung up and say, man, I messed up. I did this. I did that. I, I thought these things, I was hooked on pornography. I was hooked on this. I was hooked on that. And God says, stop it. Go and sin no more. You know what you did? Repent of it. Get right of God with it. Get right with me restore that relationship with God that only comes after you uh, repent of these things, that restoration comes. And uh, boy, yeah. when God restores you and he touches your life and says, all right, you had a messed up husband. You had a messed up wife. You had, you had a messed up life. You had a messed up time period of your life, but go and sin no more. Cause I've taken your sin and I've hit it as far as, as the East is from the West. And you know what? That's pretty far. It never comes together. So now it's time to live right. Now it's time to suck it up and be a soldier for God. Now it's time where excuses don't work anymore. Now it's time we put a smile on our face. Now it's time we know that God's got our backs. Now it's time we don't live like the heathen in the world live. Now it's time that we go and said no more. Move out sin no more it's time to live that life that only god can give you and he'll give it to you right where you are we sure do love you folks please listen to every word brother eric has to tell you know for sure about jesus christ being your lord and savior and uh, folks if there's anything we can do for you doug at wounded help for wounded spirits Kevin, thanks for spending another week for us. We look forward to another one with you. And uh, you folks, make sure you drop by and say hi to Kevin at Kevin Rob, R-A-U-B. We sure do love you all. May God bless you. And hey, with that smile that only God can give you today. Thank you.
0: Thank you for listening to our podcast today. It is very important to all of us at Help for Wounded Spirits that you know your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Please contact us if we can help you in any way. God bless you. We hope this podcast has been a blessing in your life. For helpful resources, more information, or to donate to help this vital ministry, visit us at WoundedSpirits.com.